jam-packed show today Raphael Barlow of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast he joins us to talk about Victor Wimbenyama then we do the player capsules Gordon Hayward up today on Locked On Hornets we're Locked On Hornets part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day in a minute cause we live we live <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube, where you can watch Doug Branson do a funny dance. Download the Game Time app because this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Make sure you create an account. Use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Should we promise people in order to drive them to the YouTube channel that you will do a dance at the start of every show. I feel like well, that's I, something you would be down for. Well, I won't promise you that it will be a funny dance because I don't think what I just did was a funny dance by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. That was a serious dance move. And I believe I've seriously injured myself doing that dance. Move. I was going to say, I was going to ask you to do it again just to see if I was wrong. But if you're injured, that's fine. Um, that's well, it's appropriate. Branson. We're going to talk about Gordon Hayward later. So it's appropriate. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's out for the next three <laughs> pods. He'll play 60% of the pods for the rest of the week. Um, but you can catch 100% of his work on his Substack, stack, every hornets And you can catch me on w- WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3. Rafael Barlow, I know we've been wanting to talk to the host of the NBA Big Board, NBA Draft Big Board, excuse me. We've been wanting to talk with him for a while about the number one pick. What did you guys talk about today? A little Victor Wembanyama combo yeah, for us today? Yeah, we got into Wembanyama, but just so you know, I've talked to him now about Wimby. I've talked to him about Scoot. Uh, I got some intel on Overtime Elite. So all of that's coming up and much, much more intel. over the next couple of shows with Rafael Barlow. Make sure you subscribe to their podcast. But yeah, I wanted to know, you know, it seems obvious that that Victor Wibanyama is is a sure bet, but I wanted to know like why is he a sure bet? And so we talked about that. And you can listen to it now. So I've got my draft cap on and that means that we've got an expert here from the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. It's the one the only Rafael Barlow, the Locked On Podcast Network's foremost expert on the draft. Raphael, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. The, the word expert means I have to be an expert, so I guess there's That's no right. pressure on uh, me The today. pressure's on. <laughs> there's no wiggling out of it now. Well, let's start with your expertise on uh, the guy that everybody's talking about in this draft. I'm, of course, speaking of Victor Webanyama. We don't know where the Hornets draft yet, uh, but if they draft number one, I think we're pretty sure it's going to be Victor Webanyama. Why is Victor the consensus number one overall pick? What's the scouting report on Victor? Why is he such a sure bet at this point? Well, before I get into that, I did a, and it was for my episode yesterday, but I did a Tankathon simulate, simulate uh-huh. uh, lottery sim. Yeah. And Charlotte had the number one pick. So I've already <laughs> thought this yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about. Let's go. Yeah. So I did the show just kind of live. And I hit sim and I just had to, do everything off the top of my head so i guess i'm a little bit prepared for this when i wasn't planning to be but victor is i mean i can't even think of the best way to describe him we've heard him being called an alien or a unicorn but he's mm-hmm. seven five can handle the ball shows flashes of being able to shoot he's only shooting 30 percent from three but he's shooting like 84 85 from the free throw line so that is a good indicator of his shooting touch 
and he moves extremely well. He moves like a wing, and he is an excellent shot blocker. He's leading the French League, the First Division League, in points, rebounds, and blocks. And he's only 19 years old. And he is a a generational talent. That's not a word I like to throw around, but he I think he is someone that I feel comfortable saying is someone that can really just transform a franchise. I think a lot of questions that the that Hornets fans have about Victor is how well he would slot next to the guy they drafted last draft, Mark Williams, who really showed himself to be the future center of the Charlotte Hornets. But then you've got this guy, Victor Wimanyama, who is a generational talent, as you said. How, do you think that those two could work together in the same lineup? I do. I just hope that if Charlotte does win the lottery and drafts Victor number one, they give him an opportunity from day one that they didn't give Mark Williams. That's kind of like my knock was, why wasn't Mark Williams playing early in the season? But I mm-hmm. actually think they can play together. I think that Victor has the ability to where you can't, you don't have to box him in as a five. I know it's just natural. You see seven foot four, seven foot five center box him in, but I think he can play alongside someone like Mark Williams. And then, you know, you can have a situation where one of them is on the floor at all times, which I think make would make Charlotte really, really dangerous, especially when you have a point guard mellow ball that would be able to get them easy looks and I think with, with Victor playing with someone like Mello would be something that he, one he hasn't played with he had to create a lot of his shots on his own this year his point guard is small no knock on small guards but his point guard doesn't have the size to find him for lobs when teams trap and with LaMelo he has the size to see different angles and pass over smaller defenders and Victor has a crazy <laughs> vertical radius so yep. I, I think that you'd you'd have you have two bigs that can protect the paint, but I think if Victor's shooting continues to progress, then he can play some as as a four. I don't want to be a downer here, but I feel a, a somewhat journalistic responsibility to delve into the worst case scenario. Okay, because I think he's a sure bet. I think if the Hornets uh, get the number one pick on uh, the the lottery night. That they just go ahead and and submit the pick. <laughs> like I don't even yeah. know if that's possible, but I think you do it. But but take me through a future where where Victor in you know six seven years isn't one of the best players in the NBA. What what went wrong? I think what went wrong is something that would be out of his control in a sense. It would be like injuries. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say about Victor that separates him from other prospects is him and his camp, and I'm I'm good friends with his agent. They've had a game plan for years. So okay. he's getting 11 hours of sleep a night. He's been working on landing. They've done like so much studies on, on like big men and foot injuries. He's stretching out his foot, stretching out like from his big toe. I mean, I've had a chance to watch him play live multiple times and his pregame routine and all the stretching is, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to see how much effort that he's putting into just stretching. Even like when he's not in the game, he's always active, whether he's jumping around on a bike just so he can um, keep, uh, you know, just be active. And I guess one of their studies, they felt like, for a guy that that big, if he comes in like bone dry, and I mean, it's just different ways that he can be injured. So um, they have a plan. 
Um, I don't think you'd have to worry about immaturity. He's one of the most mature players, especially at his his age. I mean, I've only been around him a, a little bit, but um, I have friends that like you know as his trainer and people around him, and they all talk about just how mature he is. So, I think the only way he doesn't like maximize his potential is if there is something out of his control, like injuries. All right, he's Rafael Barlow. You are going to be seeing a lot of him over the next couple of shows as we uh, get our draft prep ready for lottery night. Rafael, thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Podcast Network and sharing uh, what I can now confirm is your expertise. Big thanks to Rafael Barlow for joining us, talking a little Victor Wembenyama. Maybe we can recap some of that stuff next, but also we will dive in to Gordon Hayward. It's his turn for the player recap specials. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've had the thought of wanting to run your own team, your own NBA team, well, now is the time to do so by going to Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now, downloading immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You can play through seasons and lead your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for everything from dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, as well as all the ups and downs that do come with it. Plus, Locked On Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Also, this episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Grocery, excuse me, groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. Everybody is involved in getting some of that stuff, right? You know, you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? That's I-B-O-T-T-A. You can earn cash back on every uh, shopping trip. Ibotta gives you with cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right, finally time for Gordon Hayward coming up next. Is Locked on Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan Ahmad Rashad and then they like inserted a, like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please, and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Big thanks to Rafael Barlow. Is it Locked on NBA Draft or Locked on NBA Draft Big Board? Locked on NBA Big Board is what it is. Yes. Make Locked sure you check NBA that pod. Yep. Yeah, make sure you check that pod out. Um, great stuff from him on the number one overall pick and Victor Wimanyama. And make sure you go check out his pod. All right, um, let's move on to the player capsule. Gordon Hayward, he's up next. 
So we got the two guys that are the highest paid on the payroll here, Doug. Terry Rozier in the last episode, Gordon Hayward in this one. And as you joked about in the last show or earlier in the intro, I should say, yeah, Gordon Hayward was injured once again this season, but everybody was this year. He played 50 games. He played 49 the year prior. Points per game average was down a little bit. You know, three-point percentage was the biggest difference here. If you just want to go from one season to another based on the biggest difference in any kind of category that you go to, the three-point shot, that just wasn't working. But he's a victim just like everybody else is on this team of never playing with a healthy roster. What are some of your thoughts watching Gordon Hayward this season? His fourth straight season now, going back to his uh, last season with Boston, where he's missed 20-plus games. Uh, He was out eight games, well, nine total, I guess, for the shoulder contusion. And that shoulder contusion became a shoulder fracture. And there were some texts from his wife, some critical texts from his wife about the way that the Hornets handled that. Those were seemingly retracted and swept under the rug. And I guess we just all forget about that, but... (laughs) Um, but that you know, <laughs> contusion becomes a fracture, and that's eight more games. Then there were eight games in January for left hamstring soreness, and that turned into a hamstring strain. He missed one more game and then and missed five games at the end for a left thumb sprain, but I don't really count those uh, because that was when the Hornets really essentially threw in the towel. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there are reasons to be disappointed with that, but I think when you look at the entirety of the year, it doesn't stand out because other players were injured as well. And when he was on the floor, the Hornets did tend to play well. Um, his individual numbers, as you mentioned, did take a hit, especially the points per shot attempt, according to Cleaning the Glass, lowest uh, since his uh, bench year in Boston after he was recovering from the leg injury. And then his turnover percentage was super high this season as well. It wasn't a career high, uh, but it's been a long time since he's had a turnover percentage that high. And you can really look at how often he was handling the ball, running the offense. Clifford was leaning on both Terry Rozier, who we talked about in the last episode, and Gordon Hayward to essentially organize uh, a team that was constantly missing players, players coming in and out of the roster uh, or or in in the lineup, I should say. And so he was passing a lot, and that's probably, you know, Gordon Hay was a good passer, but you don't want him probably passing as much as he did. Uh, and so all of it suffered as a result. And I think the Hornets just have to chalk it up and hope they can get more out of Gordon Hayward because I don't think anyone's taking that contract. Well, the, the thing is now, though, right? Like, do you view it as an asset? Because it is an expiring deal. And so even if it's a big number, what you can do is also facilitate that as creating a lot more cap space for yourself when everything comes off of the books. And so a team might think, okay, yeah, now we can bring in this contract, do some salary matching. And then as soon as he's off the books, bam, all of a sudden you get $33 million free in cap space. I actually wonder just what kind of team would value the length. Of course, you don't want them for long-term. If it was 30 million for three more years, then of course you wouldn't want it. But Doug, this is why I think there's a real shot that you could trade Gordon Hayward, especially for a team that is looking to be in contention right you don't have to bring him in as a starter you can bring him in if there is that cap maneuvering ability within your power and then he's off the books for a guy that is good when he's out there he's a good player when he's out there on the court but the availability is the problem do you think that you could have like i think an nba team all it takes is one 
that I, I think there is an NBA team, especially if it's as open as it seems to be this year in the postseason, that might think, hey, Gordon Hayward can come in and help us, and we're not obligated to pay him long term. You'd never want to say never. There could be a unique opportunity that just makes all the sense in the world and a team gets desperate and they feel like they're just really on the verge of contention and Gordon Hayward would solve all of their problems. Mm -hmm. I think the difficulty with imagining that scenario taking place is that if you're a team that's in contention and you plan to make a deep run in the playoffs, do you really want to depend on Gordon Hayward, who hasn't done that in a while? His body hasn't been through that in a while. It can't really even get through a regular season without missing 20-plus games. Like, do you really want to depend on that and give up assets? I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Because the Hornets, you know, if the Hornets were in a different situation where they were just looking to get off this deal, they could find maybe a taker. Uh, if you package some picks with it, they could find somebody to take the contract off their hands, you know, a bad team that would take on that money. But that's not what the Hornets want to do. They want to acquire assets, I would think. And so, you know, you're, you are looking at contending teams at that point. And if I'm a contending team, I'm going, look, there are probably some younger, uh, you know, assets out there that we can roll with. I mean, the, the Hornets, I just also, I don't, really believe in this front office as it's currently constructed and their ability to actually get deals done even with it's even with it being expiring i I just don't think they can get it done that's fair i i do think right like if you if you went after gordon the guy's been playing over 30 minutes a game each of the last four seasons with the last one with boston the last three with charlotte so that that would be the pitch if if you are mitch Kupchak and you are trying to get this thing done you would say hey look in a different role, you give us a protected first. He's going to come off of the bench or maybe start, but not have to play over 30 minutes. And let's say we do the whole deadline thing going up to that approach. He's actually shooting well. The three-point shooting goes up to what it normally was the first couple of years here in Charlotte. The field goal percentage overall and being a 15-point. Like, I think there's a path, but you're right. Like, they have not shown many much ability at all to get deals done like this on it's funny too Doug because like here we are talking about Gordon Hayward where you know even Terry in the last segment we talked about the idea of trading Terry whether he's better suited here on the on the Hornets roster or gone this one's this one is is something where we immediately jump to what is the trade value right like I he might be on the team next year. You know, there's a good shot about or of him being on the team for the entirety, but it is interesting how he has been the guy that all Hornets fans have wanted to trade for quite some time because he isn't available and he is making over 30 and it's quite a big gap between him and Terry. Who's next on the payroll. If you believe that the Hornets want to win ASAP, then they're going to need talent. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've just gone through this season where you've had guys in and out of the lineup constantly and injuries have played a big factor. And I don't think they anticipate – you can't plan for the injuries that they've sustained this past season. So I don't think they're planning for that for next season. But at the same time, that is right You know, r- right on the front burner is this whole like you got to have a guy and then a guy to take over for the guy and then maybe a guy to take over for that guy, right? So I just don't – I don't really see them – being aggressive unless a a perfect trade came along for either Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier because you need guys who can put the ball in the basket. You need guys who who do when they're on the floor, when they are available, make your team better. That is Gordon Hayward. 
I mean, Gordon Hayward really is, in terms of a Clifford system, yeah. is a guy that makes a lot of sense. He's a, you know, I know that I know everybody's tired of hearing the word connector because we've just said it over and over with Gordon Hayward. Yeah. That is what he is, man. I mean, you know, when you're not relying on him to run the entire offense, he is a really good passer and he's a really good shot maker. And he and he flashed it in some of their bigger wins this season, um, including that win against Miami. Um, you know, he was 20 points on seven of seven field goals, three of three from behind the arc. Uh, he was, according to these game notes, he was the first player in franchise history to record at least 20 points on 100% shooting splits across the board. So he has had some games where you go, oh, yeah, like that's why they paid him all that money. So if the Hornets are going to try to win next season, I just don't see why you would get rid of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, guys that can be effective for you. Yeah, and some of this is baked into the question of should they try to win at all costs next season, even if it's not to even if the roster doesn't look like it'll win a playoff series. They're going to. They're going to. I just I don't even think it's worth even exploring unless they get off to another horrible start. Maybe if they get the eighth pick in the draft instead of one of those top yeah. four. You know, well, I, I guess I, I don't mean tank, right? Like, and yeah. that's fair because they're not going to tank. I, I agree with you on that. So yeah, no, it, it's. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about Gordon on the roster and how he affects it, right? So let's do that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. How does this team look if Gordon is on the roster with a Victor Wembanyama trying to make this thing all tie together or whoever the fourth overall pick might be, whatever that rookie is. What does that look like? We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. We appreciate Game Time as always. What you can do is you can forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more than that. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for Less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, by the way, so you never have to dig through your email. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just a couple taps, and then you are done. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app or create an account. Excuse me. Download the game time app, then create the account. Don't do either or, do both. And then use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed this episode is also brought to you by nissan aria the most electric player of the week usually i try to make it the actual player that we're talking about gordon hasn't played in a long time so really there's only one answer for this it's jimmy butler going for 56 points and maybe we can even talk about this because doug i know you had something you wanted to mention about jimmy butler Eric Spolstra, maybe that crossover to the Charlotte Hornets, so we can get to that as well. But Jimmy Butler goes for 56. Miami has a 3-1 lead on Miami in an 8-1 seed scenario. It's absolutely ridiculous. Jimmy Butler absolutely is electric. He's brilliantly fierce. He's fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful. Maybe elegance not there for Jimmy. The dude is just tough as hell. 
but I do think you could describe him as the 2023 Nissan Aria. It packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all new, the all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. One more segment to go. Lockdown Orleans. All right, so Gordon Hayward on the team next year, Doug. That that's something to me. We've talked about this a little bit. There is a world where that works, right? So Lamelo comes back, he's healthy. Gordon, maybe you don't rely on him as for as many minutes. If it's you know over thirty every single year, it did drop a little bit. Like we should mention that even if it was over thirty, he did play. 31 he played 34 two years ago 31.9 the the season prior to this one and then 31.5 so the last couple of years it's it's dropped compared to the first season and maybe you drop it a little bit more let's say you do land Victor Webinyama you would be in an interesting situation where this was not a tanking team they fell into this because of all the injuries. This is not a team that set out to do this. So then you have Gordon Hayward, who does help to be that connector, who can be a guy that gets to his spots in the half court. That's still as evident as ever. In fact, he shot 53% from two. So we know he likes to get, it's a little slow getting there, but he gets to his elbow jumper and then he hits it. This is what Gordon does. That would be a nice makeup. And then let's say you pay PJ Washington, Let's say you don't trade Terry. He helps out. You have your defensive package in the backcourt with DSJ. Uh, that's the dream, right? Land on Wimby, have everybody healthy, and then maybe you don't have to give up any asset to go get other stars. Maybe you can play that in a savvy way. That's ultimately the dream, and there's a scenario where that could actually work pretty damn well for Charlotte. Yeah, I think it would be in their best interest, especially if they bring Miles Bridges back, to just keep – and if they get Wimby. I mean, then all bets are off. I think you have to go into next offseason and, and into training camp with an open mind about where guys are going to fit. And guys that you would have assumed would be starters, I mean, outside of LaMelo and outside of Mark Williams, guys that you would have assumed would be starters in year past, I just think you drop those assumptions and you go, okay, what, what, what pieces fit best together in this opening-closing lineup and then how do we distribute the minutes from there? And so maybe a guy like Gordon Hayward, you start to transition him out a little bit or maybe back to a bench role or a hybrid, st- one of these kind of hybrid starter roles where you're really playing like 25 minutes a game. Maybe you yeah. start to get them off to a good defensive start because he is really organized. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes defensively. You start with that, but then a majority of your game is going to be you know some combination of P.J., and miles and and potentially you know one of these high draft picks that you make so yeah i just think the hornets have to keep their mind open what i hope doesn't happen well there's two things that i hope don't happen with gordon hayward one that you end up trading him and and trying to unravel it by you know getting some other longer term deal you know similar to what what they did with the lance stevenson mistake it kept unraveling and they kept trying to get out of it at the last second and and a bad decision would turn into another bad decision into another bad trade and on and on and on you know the Nick Batum stretch provision essentially turned into Gordon Hayward (laughs) I don't want to see that mistake compounded with another mistake so don't get too hasty to get out of the Gordon Hayward experience I'd rather them just stick it out and let the money fall off the books the second thing that I don't hope uh, that I hope doesn't happen is a Nick Batum situation where you've got a guy that you're paying a lot of money languishing on the bench because you are transitioning fully away from that player 
and it just becomes this sort of awkward totem of, uh, you know, mistakes of years past. I don't want to see that either. I hope they can find an effective way to make Gordon Hayward a part of the team, even if he isn't going to be, you know, a major piece. Which, by the way, isn't hard, though, right? And that's our whole point. It's not hard to find an effective way for him to be a part of the team unless you want to count in him being available, right? Like, if if you are trying to put some onus on the training staff, which is totally fine, I guess, like, that, that might be the way. But he is very easy to put out there on the floor and everything works, right? Like, it's, it okay, it's Lamelo's turn. Terry's handling the basketball a little bit more. You know, it's not like he's going to get in the way of anybody's development. He's helping development. It, there's, it's funny because a lot of times we want him to be more aggressive and we want him to get to the foul line a lot more, but he's just playing within the confines of the offense. And, you know, it's, it's somebody else's turn, right? Like, I think when we talk about him, you know, that people talk about malleable stars. Gordon, you put him out there, you don't really worry. He just kind of forms into whatever you need him to be, certainly offensively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think for the team next season, uh, they just need guys to contribute. They do need guys to be available. Um, you know, this team is going to need all hands on deck next season if they're going to expect a win. Um, so I do think that this team is hoping that there is a good ending to this story. The, the thing you also have to take into consideration is the fact that Gordon Hayward is not even though he's the highest paid player on the team is not the locker room leader. So there's not going to be a situation where you bench a guy or you, you, you shift this guy into a new role. And it's like, well, that's awkward because this person's supposed to be sort of the alpha of the team. It's mm. not the situation here. Gordon is not uh, you know, a leader in the locker room. He's not, not a leader, but he's just sort of, you know, I'm going to come in, bring in my lunch pail, do my job and see you later. No, no real relationships there. No, no strong relationships there. So, like, you know, I, I think it would be of of the transitions that you would have to make, whether it's PJ or Miles or Gordon or whatever. Like to me, that's the easiest one that you make. But we'll have to see how it all shakes out. the The thing too is like if Gordon heads to the uh, to the reserves, as this season proves, you know, you're just one or two games away from becoming a full time starter again. So I don't think anyone should take offense to the fact that uh, they they move to a reserve role next season. Right. Um, all right. So here we are talking about the Hornets, the ability of them getting to the play-in, the play-off. You know, Doug, now maybe the Miami Heat are starting to give some reason to Charlotte fans to believe if you can actually get into the eighth seed, maybe you can actually make some noise. Here they are with a 3-1 lead over number one seeded Milwaukee. And it's in part, not even in part, it's because Jimmy Butler scored 56 points in what was an absolute heroic performance for them to be able to build that 3-1 lead. I know we were talking about this in the Terry Rozier episode. We didn't get to it, but what did you want to point out from not only Jimmy's performance, but also just a team that is here ready for the postseason that didn't have a good regular season? Well, they didn't have a good regular season because uh, some of their better offensive players that they paid a lot of money to were either not available or not hitting shots. You know, Duncan Robinson, Hero had some struggles. Uh, Struess had some struggles. And so that hurt them in the regular season. But as you can see, when you get into the playoffs, everything changes. And guys who can play tough defense help you win series. Guys who can get to the free throw line. Hello, LaMelo Ball. That's probably why mm -hmm. he's focused on working on that. And some other guys need to work on that too. Getting to the free throw line makes you an effective playoff team. Uh, being able to get your own shot 
you know, that's what makes a Gordon Hayward very valuable if he's available. And that's been a huge if, but you know, when they were playing their best basketball this season, there was a little brief window when the Hornets were playing really good basketball. And it happened, you know, right there in the middle of February through the all-star break and into the beginning of March. Uh, he scored at least 20 points in those eight games between the middle of February and the beginning of March. And he averaged 55% from the field and 46% from three. And a lot of that was not him being distributed to a lot of that was Gordon Hayward, just going out there and getting his own shot. Those are the kind of players. It's why they paid him a lot of money because they expected him to be available and they wanted to be in the playoffs. And those are the kind of players that you have to go get. They've got to start getting some of those players in the draft, I'm sure that's what makes Miles Bridges ultimately attractive to the team and why they would risk all the PR because Miles does project as, or he was starting to project as a guy that you could throw out there and could go out there and get his own shot in a tough way. And that's what Jimmy keeps showing you is that, look, I can just, I can just relax in the regular season because I'm going to turn it up to 11 in the playoffs and you're not going to be able to stop me. Yeah. um, That'd be great. Have Jimmy. That'd be fantastic. That guy is a stone cold killer. (laughs) I'll always remember when Jimmy Butler spoiled the ability to get a win after Kimba's 60-point performance, you know, there are some regular season moments he will crush you as well, and that was one. Kimba goes for 60, he hits a three at the very end, and eventually Charlotte loses because they could not get past Jimmy. That was when he was playing for Philly at that time. Absolutely incredible. Well, and the Hornets, and, have, uh, not, was- the Hornets have not had, like, a fiery competitor like that in a very long time. It's something that's been missing well, even from this something team's is- chemistry. Right. And and Jimmy is the extreme, but who who would even come close to that stratosphere? Right. Like, yeah, that's that's tough. You know, Jimmy is different. And I, I don't even know who would be in that neighborhood. But yeah, there's there's not many. It's what makes him so special. So that is your player recap for Gordon Hayward. We will give you another episode on player recaps, actually, um, as we go on in the week. Dennis Smith Jr. is up next. So stick D-S-J. around on the channel for DSJ. That's going to be a brighter one. That's going to be one that we can talk about in a bright way. That was a fun storyline this past season. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen Game-to-game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.